Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for December 2nd, 2010. And now, the news. We'll have the latest sales numbers later in the show. But first, here's a fun factoid I bet that most of you did not know. Mazda turns 90 this year. The automaker, based in Hiroshima, Japan, has always been an innovator. It was a pioneer in developing the rotary engine. It was also one of the first automakers to come out with electronically controlled four-wheel steering. And one thing that's changed over the past nine decades is its logo. It started out with a simple text spelling out its name. In 1936, it introduced this quasi-winged badge that was inspired by the emblem of its hometown. Next, in 1959, it introduced this classic logo, a letter M surrounded by a circle. In 1975 came the brand's iconic text that's still used today. In the early 90s, it introduced another circular logo. And finally, in 1997, it came out with the badge it still uses now. Is it another stylized M or what? Also looks like a bird in flight or a chrome tulip flower. So what are the next 90 years going to bring? Who knows? You can bet that Ford's not going to be in the picture, but in any case, happy birthday Mazda. The Bologna Motor Show kicks off this week and Opel has a couple of new vehicles it's showing at the event. Making its world debut is the Antara. The crossover gets a redesigned exterior and interior. Also available is a new lineup of gas and diesel engines that are more efficient and can be mated to either six-speed automatic or manual transmissions. And it's available in front and all-wheel drive. Opel also showed its new Corsa, which features a redesigned front end to go along with new colors and trims. A new, more fuel-efficient version is also available called the EcoFlex. It features a 1.3-liter turbo diesel with stop-start technology. Fuel economy for the three-door? 3.5 liters per 100 kilometers, and that is 67 miles per gallon. Currently, there's no bumper requirements for SUVs, trucks, or minivans. Passenger cars, however, have to have bumpers that protect a zone of 16 to 20 inches from the ground. A study done by the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety shows just how costly this discrepancy can be in crashes where the bumpers are offset. The Institute conducted front and to rear crashes with seven pairs of 2010 and 2011 models involving a car and SUV at 10 miles an hour. Only vehicles from the same manufacturer were tested together. The lowest total for damages came in at $850 compared to the highest damage of over $6,000. The IIHS says it's necessary to have the same bumper regulations for cars and SUVs to reduce the cost of repairing vehicles. But for those who like to go off-roading, new lower bumper requirements would compromise maneuverability. So all you viewers out there who are always telling the industry what it should do, how would you solve this problem? As an automotive enthusiast, you know, I love to drive, but I'm also a big fan of autonomous vehicles. They are the future of transportation. 
Self-driving cars sound like the stuff of science fiction, but according to Wards, Europe is taking one step closer to making them a reality. They're funding a project to develop a safe way of having vehicles follow behind a lead truck, something that's called platooning. Researchers hope to test out this computer-controlled conga line by the end of this month. Besides making things easier for drivers, this could also dramatically improve fuel economy. On the highway, it can eliminate stop-and-go driving and cut aerodynamic drag. You know, those big trucks punch big holes in the air, and drafting them NASCAR style can really improve fuel economy. Coming up next, let's take a look at the latest sales figures. New car sales in the American market continued to slowly gain momentum last month. The official numbers are out, and our friends at Wards are reporting that on an annualized basis, sales ran at a 12.2 million unit rate, the same as last month. But showing the effects of seasonal variation, only about 870,000 vehicles were sold in November, down by more than 76,000 from October. But due to this seasonal variability and a slight change in the daily selling rate, sales were actually up nearly 3.5% on a month-over-month -month basis. And on a year-over-year -year basis, they were up 12%. Trucks continued to account for almost 53% of the market, down slightly from before. But as we'll see in a minute, SUVs had a particularly good month. The big gainers amongst the large manufacturers on a year-over-year -year basis were the Hyundai Group, which includes Kia, they were up a staggering 40%. Next was Volkswagen, followed closely by Nissan. Ford and Honda also had impressive gains. Astonishingly, one of the few manufacturers to see a decrease was Toyota, which fell more than 7%. The best-selling vehicle in the market once again was the Ford F-Series, and there wasn't any change in the rankings amongst the full-size pickups. But there was a lot of jockeying amongst the best-selling cars. Even though Toyota had a bad month, the Camry was still the top-selling car in America, and the Nissan Altima had a great month, vaulting past the Ford Fusion and Honda Accord. The Honda Civic rounded out the top five. Crossovers continue to sell well, and in a stunning move, the Chevrolet Equinox jumped to the head of the class, outselling the perennial leaders Ford Escape, Honda CRV, and Toyota RAV4. Also, note the Kia Sorento breaking into the top five. Some other vehicles worth watching? The Jeep Grand Cherokee had another good month with sales over 10,000 units. And look at the new Ford Edge. Wow, it's selling very strongly. And the Chevrolet Traverse was not too far behind them. In the final analysis, it was not a great month, but it was better. And the industry is going into the end of the year building momentum, which suggests 2011 will be a better year. Hey, don't forget to tune in tonight for the best discussion and insight into what's going on in the car business. Join me and the auto extremist Peter DeLorenzo for AutoLine After Hours. That's tonight, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.